Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we are going to continue our journey around the world this week. And this time, Veronica's going to tell us all about witchcraft in a different country slash culture. Witchcraft in Russia. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> awesome. Why'd you pick Russia? Well, I started looking at like interesting just like interesting practices that, uh, you know, that were kind of something that I could relate to, or, you know, just like around the world, like the most, you know, witchcraft that was still practiced. And, and I found, I just started first, it it went to, I think I went, I forget, I told you I was was this other country. And then, then I was like, oh no, it's going to be this one. And like, I think it was Siberia because there was some really cool stuff in Siberia. Yeah. Um, But then I found a whole gambit of Russian culture. And then I was like, Oh, Baba Yaga, like I know her. And then, so then I started diving kind of went down that, which I'm just going to touch on briefly today. Um, but yeah. Isn't Siberia near Russia? Watch you guys. This is my geography. Yes. North. Oh, what? (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Hello. Emily did not totally fail geography. Great. Great. (laughs) I was like, I think they're really close to each other and it's cold. Yeah. Very cold. Yeah. Lots of cold. Well, (laughs) and did you get drawn to Siberia because of, isn't Siberia where they have the whole reindeer culture? Yes. The Sammies. And the, yeah. yeah, The shaman women. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was like a whole dress too. There was like a lot there. So I actually just, I, I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm talking, I got drawn somewhere else. We'll have to pick that country another time. That sure. area. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay, cool. Well, well, Veronica, tell us about witchcraft in Russia. Awesome. Well, first I kind of am breaking this up into two parts. So I oh. have kind of two sources um, that I drew upon and it, the first one started it was a review of a source book um, called "The Book of Witchcraft in Russia and the Ukraine and Ukrainian Ukrainian." That, oh, in Russia and the Ukraine um, in the years a thousand to nineteen hundred. That was so the title these, of the book that you you were looking at the review of. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just want to make <laughs> sure I'm is, getting this right. Yeah. So I started. I read the article and I was like. Oh, this is interesting. And I was like, oh, this is a review of this book. Um, so this the woman who wrote the article, she um oh, this is from Cornell University Press. This is what this is from. And um, they're pretty much talking, she was talking about 
um, different magical practices or that magic practices were pretty widespread in Russia and the Ukraine in, you know, between the year 1000 to 1900. Um, so I'm going to kind of talk briefly about that. And then we're going to move to modern day because I found a really cool article in the Moscow Times that this okay. woman wrote um, about modern day witchcraft in Russia. <clears throat> so so. What, what year was the book that she was talking about? Do you know what year that was written? Oh, I don't know what year it was written. It's not, I don't think it was that long ago. I don't have that written down. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it seemed pretty, yeah, I, I don't have that written down, but you can look that up on Cornell University Press. Nice. So, yeah. So it's witchcraft <clears throat> in Russia and Ukraine <clears throat> from 1000 to... To 1900s. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it really started, like we were talking about last week, Emily, was the witch trials. Um, it started off a lot of their um, research was done um, by drawing information from people when they were interrogating them. Which is so, so reliable, right? That's like yeah, the most reliable exactly. source, like not at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I heard nothing about torture. Um, but that doesn't mean that didn't happen. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But it actually, um, men were mainly persecuted in Russia. Okay. This is fascinating. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Because here I'm always thinking, and maybe you have too, V, but always thinking about how the witch trials were this persecution of women with misogyny at the heart of it all. Yes. Right. But it does not seem to be the case in other parts of the world. No, no. So in Russia, men were mainly persecuted and seen as sorcerers were actually in the Ukraine. So that, you know, this, this article was like Russia and the Ukraine, um, because, you know, there were times when they were together and there's times when they were apart and mm -hmm. there's been a lot of political issues around that. Um, but in the Ukraine, women were mainly accused interesting. interesting so yeah i mean i just kind of like looking at these different countries and seeing how the gender roles and how yeah it's just interesting that that in the ukraine the women were and in russia the men were and yeah. as far as like you know who was in charge you know back then like in that time period would make me wonder like okay maybe that's why you know perhaps yeah, perhaps. Yeah, in this article, they also were, she was speaking about um, like that mainly ordinary people, like we were talking about last uh -huh. week, um, pretty much practice witchcraft using potions and herbs and using spells to heal people, to look at the future, uh -huh. you know, so it was pretty much a folk it's it's just inter it just interplayed into the folk lifestyle like living you know right. it wasn't separated from you know from their living 
Right. And it's interesting because when I was talking last week about Iceland, it sounded like there were specific practitioners who were maybe bringing in these things. So maybe I don't I don't know because I didn't read this, but it makes me wonder if there were people who were maybe were maybe were revered for having these gifts, but the things that they were doing were to help ordinary people. And it makes me wonder if in this research you did, if you were getting that there were actually specific practitioners or if this was really something that lay people were practicing. I love that you said that because actually part of it was the magical specialist, she said. (laughs) Yeah, I am a specialist. Yes. And actually the next article, as I move over to the next article about modern times, she does, she went into, um, the magic, the people who you would go to in the village uh-huh. um, to help you. And it it's interesting because um, Baba Yaga, I'm just, I'm jumping way forward right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Nobody knows that except now they know that. <laughs> um, the word Babka means older woman or ancient uh-huh. wisdom connected to the natural world. Uh-huh. And then and from there comes the word bopki, which is the magical healer or the wise woman that took the vital role in the community. So people would go okay. to her um, for, Interesting. you know, spells for healing for, you know, uh, they always like make someone love me kind of thing. Right, That's right. one of them too. Like, <laughs> Right. We're all seeking answers where right? the answers are, um, tell me the future, make this person love me. Make sure I'm protected and well-fed, like, you know. Through through time. Throughout time, these are the human needs. This is what we want. Yes. I think it's really interesting that love shows up in there. It's not just about survival. It's about that human need for connection too. Or love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not always the healthy way. You don't want to make someone love you. I mean, come on. And I don't think you really can, but. No. But you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that magic. No thanks. I, I don't want to mess with that magic. <laughs> I mean, you you do you, but I don't want to mess with that magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that seems like it would have a lot of recourse later, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Anyway. So the article that, you know, this came from about Baba Yaga. And so this was the Moscow Times. So there was a, okay. um, a woman, her name is Samantha Burkhead, and she wrote an article called Practical Magic, How Russia's Ancient Wit witchcraft traditions continue to thrive and this article was written in on november 4th 2020 so just a couple of years ago um okay. so it started off um you know on the heels of Samhain. the article started saying that um that halloween isn't is not wide widely practiced or celebrated in russia um and but that witchcraft, like the witchcraft in Russia, um, that Samhain is celebrated, will be has been celebrated, is being celebrated now um, for so, some modern day pagans. So it's not Halloween like how we have it here in America, where it's been super pop cultured out, right? Yeah, it's, because it, in a lot of countries they don't celebrate that, but the, it sounds like they do celebrate Samhain. Do they celebrate it as like the veil thinning and the dead coming through, or do they celebrate it as a harvest festival? Or, um, what I got was that they do celebrate it as like like a modern Wicca would. Okay, Wiccan would. Yeah, so it is like this is a time you honor you honor your ancestors and you know that kind of thing. Um, 
and that the witchcraft in Russia presently is growing and that they're they're finding that it's like a blend of um, Slavic paganism, modern paganism and Western magic. So, I mean, we were talking about, I don't know how many episodes ago about, you know, how with, with the different, you know, different forms of witchcraft, you know, that people are, are practicing in the U.S. really mm-hmm. here that we were talking about. Um, it does, it looks like it's also like even the Western magic here is, is also moving all over the globe. Like that Russia, like this is part of this practice nowadays is they're influenced by that as well. So not only do they have their roots, you know, in Slavic paganism, but they also have modern day Wicca coming in, you know, here mm-hmm. we are, we're a, glo- we're a global community now. Right. Like, right. And so it's influencing how they're celebrating as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like today's witches do tarot card readings. They um, practice numerology. They make candles. They make amulets. Hmm. This sounds familiar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes. And so, and she went into talking about practical magic in Russia. So like this, it's the fusion of the Russian village magic. This sounded so cool. I was like, um, that's interpreted through modern paganism and other traditions. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then this magic shop owner, this like this modern day magic shop owner was talking about, and she was just saying that like most people like just come in and they just want to buy a candle and, and burn a candle and have some herbs and just like, like do it sounds like modern pagan like it sounded like modern wicca you know like that that is you know granted this is a moscow paper so let me say that as well so moscow obviously a large city yes Um, it may be different out in more rural areas is how they're practicing and their influences are probably different um yeah but what's oh i don't know if that was a recent (laughs) article or not yeah, this was 2020. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you say that? Um, I just totally missed it. I did say that. Oh, well, so, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Um, I'm just going to get sheepishly quiet over here. What I love is this, there's this whole section on um, superstitions. So, uh-huh. you know, different cultures you talked about. I'm not even going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the necro pants? Yes, the necro okay. pants. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So maybe that's not a tradition, but it was a practice. Um, but we don't know are... how widespread that was. We either. don't know how no. widespread. No, we don't. We don't. But anyway, yeah. But uh, superstitions. So yeah. there, this is a way that the ancient, you know, practices, you know, Slavic paganism. You know, like there's some things that have really continued on to today. Um, and so she spoke of um, this. Here's one is to avoid jinxing someone. You spit over your left shoulder three times. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting. What popped into my head was the salt thing. I don't know. I have, the, I, I don't know where that oh, comes from. Oh, tossing salt over your shoulder. If you spill if, it, if you spill it, you toss it over your shoulder. 
I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's related. I don't even know where that comes from. I just remember someone saying one, one, t- one time, you better toss that salt over your shoulder or you're going to get jinxed. And I was like, oh my gosh, the last thing I want is to be jinxed. <laughs> of course. I'm oh my God, that salt. is not on my to-do list. <laughs> if I have the power to not jinx myself just by throwing salt, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, another one is um if you've returned home because you forgot something okay oh I forgot my cell phone or whatever and you go home before you leave again you have to look at yourself in the mirror before leaving to ensure that you will have a good journey to wherever you're going ah that's interesting yeah which is interesting because I always put a mirror by my front door I have a mirror by my front door. And oh. now someone would say, oh, you look at it and make sure you look okay. But I never do that. But before you leave for a trip, do you look in the mirror? No. <laughs> now I might. <laughs> I wonder if it has something to do with leaving your part of yourself there because your reflection is left behind. Oh. You know, because there's this idea of mirrors yes. as portals. I mean, I don't know. Yes. I'm I'm just riffing on what you said and like going with yeah. like where my mind goes. I don't know the origins of that belief, but it makes yeah. me think about that idea of, oh, well, if I look at myself in the mirror, I'm leaving an imprint of myself here, which means I have to return to gather myself back together. Uh-huh. Interesting. Welcome to my safety, yeah. friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mirrors, yeah, as like yeah. trapped. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Mirrors trip me out, though. And sometimes you could be like, oh, I don't like that mirror, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things things get, yeah. So maybe you want a part of yourself to stay home. Maybe, maybe you really don't want to go. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I always have a hard time leaving. Even when I'm excited about a vacation, I don't want to go. Yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's and hard the ones I'm the gone... I'm okay. But the anxiety of leaving the leaving part. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. maybe you want to look in a mirror. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> I know I should put one by my front door now. Oh, you don't. Ha- yeah. You gotta have no, one I, don't have one. I don't have oh, one. I don't have. Oh, I don't even know where I would put it. I've always put one by my front door and I don't even know why I have. I just, I don't know if it looks good or what, like by doing it aesthetically, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there, there's one more. There's one yeah, more here. Yeah, yeah. So if you step on someone's foot by mistake, okay. <laughs> Not on purpose. This is only yeah, by mistake. No, by yeah. mistake, then they should step on your foot, okay, to avoid <laughs> future conflicts. <laughs> Whoa, it's like an eye for an eye, but like a toe for a toe. Yeah. Yeah makes for a hurt foot that's what it makes for. yeah it does Someone's make for a hurt foot I was like I don't know if I could do that like if someone accidentally stepped on my toe and they're like oh I'm so sorry I'm like sorry I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to step on your foot now well I guess I'm if so that sorry. was like but if that was the store if that was the superstition if that was you know they could believe pre- that pre- yeah prevalent in the culture they could be like yeah. I'm so sorry here's my foot please step on it yeah. Oh, well, I wonder, I wonder if then they would just automatically put their foot out and like, here, I'm going to get it. Well, if I ever accidentally step on your foot, Veronica, then I'm going to, I will know. offer you my foot in return. So we don't, so there's no future, no future conflict conflict between us. No, we will prevent awesome. that. Nip that shit That's in awesome. the bud. 
That's awesome. <laughs> and I already, I, I already talked that she went on to talk about um, Baba Yaga, and I kind of uh -huh. talked a little briefly about that. Um, but another word for witch in Russia, okay, once again, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this probably. I think it's Vedma. So in, in English, it's V-E-D, but there's also an apostrophe, and then it's M-A. Okay. So there could be some sort of accent in there, but Vedma means to know. Ah, okay. So I'm just like loving all these different words for which in different uh -huh. languages. And like, essentially, uh, like, we're pretty cool. Like, <laughs> like, it's like to know you're wise. It's like all these really good things. Right. Like, so like, and I, I have this expression on my face, no one can see it, but it's like curious. Like, how does it, how does something that's good and wise get turned into something that's Dark. demonized yeah you know I think there's multiple answers to that question but I think one yes. of the big ones is we demonize what we don't understand or what we fear you know when we don't understand things we sometimes we become afraid of them and then they become bad it's yes. like being afraid of the dark yep can't see in the dark so then you get afraid of it so then it's bad and then yep. you're like me and you have to travel with a nightlight Just <laughs> shed light on everything all the time can't right. be dark I'm like I have to be able to find the bathroom no matter where I am in the middle of the night yeah yeah well she actually talked about um folk tales demonizing witches you know like mm -hmm. taking Baba Yaga um yes you know she definitely has the history of like oh I'm you know there's skulls around her um Property. fences mm -hmm. yeah and she eats people like you know it, that's a thing but like there's she also went into like oh yeah well there's you know there's information in there that like people are taking and using it and demonizing it and maybe depicting her into something that is like oh she's gonna eat your kids like Hansel and Gretel uh -huh. where it's maybe like oh okay this person knows that they're you know it's interesting because the article was kind of going into like okay well you know, um, we could reinterpret it like we do with other ones, you know, other folk tales or other, you know, mythologies and make it spin it to whatever form you're wanting to take, you know, mm -hmm. like some say, oh, you know, anyways, I could go down that rabbit hole. But she was saying that, um, you know, Baba Yaga was essentially she was a wise woman, you know, she is the crone. So, mm -hmm there are aspects to her darkness, you know, in there that can be terrifying for, for some people, you know, doesn't she live like in a swamp in a little house that has chicken legs on it? She lives. Uh, what I saw was she was deep in the forest and she lives oh, okay. with her sister, but you know what? There is, there are a lot of different, um, takes on her. Um, this is specifically from this woman's article. Well, she this was... might specifically be from um, some fantasy novel I read at some point. So, oh, okay. but it's just the picture that I have that comes to mind whenever I hear Baba Yaga is this, you know, this hut that's like in a swamp and yes. it is, it's on stilts that are actually like chicken legs. I think that actually does have some, I, yeah, I'll have to look into that as, but I think that does have some actual Merit. truth. Yeah. 
Let no, but a big, th- a big thing that I got out of the whole article was this next um, piece. And it says, uh, Russia, paganism, and witchcraft generally coexist alongside Orthodox Christian religion. And she oh. put in qu- um, quotations, dual belief system. Okay. Yes. So this was a huge piece, meaning... So in comes Orthodox Christianity, you know, mm-hmm. Russian Orthodox. Right. Um, and change it, you know, it, 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 instead of like, and then it starts talking about instead of here in the West where we were talking last week about here comes, you know, the devil comes into play. Uh-huh. Instead of that in the people being demonized as being in bed with the devil when you're a witch um they took you know here comes their orthodox they took that and interplayed it with the folk medicine and the folk learnings so instead of one destroying or overpowering the other it was more a matter of of them dualistically existing yes so like it's like oh i'm going to also accept that Uh uh-huh like so when that came when the you know russian orthodox came you know into play into russia then it was like okay as opposed to like no this doesn't work together it was like oh okay i'm gonna adopt that as well like it was Mm -hmm. more of an acceptance um and she also said there's others that didn't that were like no you had there's always that other side of like no you have to choose orthodox you know russian christianity this is the only way there are those people and there's are there was persecution of you know that did come into play but like overall like it was accepted into folk you know learning and so now we have kind of this blend and not only is it like okay russian orthodox you know and it's like here we have this the slavic village magic you have russian orthodox magic interplaying with this and you have modern paganism Uh so it's like quite a neat blend like I could kind of see how you might practice all these things at once like doing prayers and having the cross and burning a candle and saying a prayer and like just all the different practices coming together um yeah it kind of excites me and it seems really beautiful honestly it does. It makes me really curious about what it actually looks like because it sounds sort of idealized. You know, yes. there's that idea that, oh, we can all coexist happily and, you know, these these themes can all work together. But I wonder what it actually looks like. And I wonder, um, yeah, how, what, how people conceptualize that. I'd be yes. so curious to like sit down and have a conversation with someone who is living yeah. in that uh, crossroads. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely yeah how would you practice it and I think that it that because we're so we have so many opportunities available for us now that Mm -hmm. and yes people still are religiously being persecuted um but it is not to the level that it used to be for witchcraft what yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, well, like, I think I'm like, well, I think it kind of depends on where you live and, that's you know, and people are being persecuted for their beliefs and their, you know, their religious beliefs, their, you know, other beliefs 
values, all of that. That's still totally happening. I think it's just happening in different ways than it once did. Yeah, they're actually in that part of the article. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, here's the thing that happened. It was like <laughs> in, in 1997, um, uh, a man and his son were at the border of Ukraine and they accused a woman of using black magic. And there was this whole altercation that happened and somebody was killed and all these people were injured. And this was 1997. Yeah, see, it's still, <laughs> it's still there. It just looks different. Yeah. I was like, Veronica's going super light side here. She's like, and then everybody got along really well. <laughs> I love that. You know what? I'm like, I've, I've been to a Russian Orthodox church. Yeah. And um, my my friend um, that I grew up with, she was um, Ukrainian mm -hmm. and or I have about half Ukrainian. And um, so they went to the Russian Orthodox Church and I've been I went there on many occasions and I loved the rituals like, yeah, you know, I was like the rituals were so rich and, you know, like I went on Palm Sunday and they had all these beautiful palms and like they anoint your, you know, your forehead, yeah. I was like, all the stuff that I love about our practice, right? <laughs> you know, and then just, I think when you pull the dogma and you pull all the rules and regulations out and you see that as like just this beautiful expression of what they're trying to you know, regeneration, you know, like this mm -hmm. cele celebratory thing of coming back to life. Um, and you mix that, you start mixing all of that, then it's like, oh, okay, this is, I could see how people would want to practice like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That's funny. I could I, keep going. I, I know. Keep going. <laughs> I know. Well, I was just thinking about Russian Orthodox because my primary like experience of Russian Orthodox is a cemetery like of that religion was going to a Russian Orthodox cemetery when I lived in Alaska as a kid and the earth, I think this was a combo because I remember asking um, why they were all buried in houses. There were like these little individual, did I tell this story to you? No. I told the no. story on this podcast. Never, deja never. Vu, but um, there were all these very brightly color colored houses where the coffins were. And it's because the earth was permafrost, right? So they can't, you can't bury in the earth. So they would put them in these coffins in these houses and they were brightly colored and they all had like, so this is coming from my memory from being like seven. So I may get this wrong, but this is how I remember it. I remember there were windows in the houses and I remember somebody saying that so they can, the spirit can come out and go towards God. Now, is that true? I don't know, but my seven-year-old self remembers it that way. And, um, I just always, I could picture all the symbols, you know, the different, cause it's a different kind of cross yep. and I can pick like clear as day. When you said Russian Orthodox, that's what came into mind was the cemetery of all these brightly colored little coffin houses with windows and those crosses. It's not curious. Yeah. That's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, if it's real, I mean, I know, I know <laughs> I went there, but I don't know if my memory is as accurate as it feels right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to research that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a whole nother thing is burial practices. Yes. Oh my you God. Know? Okay. I'll write that one down. <laughs> All right. Add that, add that to the list, to our ever growing list. I, I only had one other piece, but um, I'll just say that really, this really quick. Um, she was talking about um, like people going to healers nowadays um, 
forth, you know, so people's like, who aren't really buying into modern medicine, they don't believe, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people that just don't go for modern medicine, you know, and they're mm-hmm. looking for alternative medicine. Um, I do both, but you know, I think there's a whole bunch of people that there, she was saying that in Russia, there's like a whole bunch of people that just don't even believe that that is helpful. And um, so she's like, there's a lot of alternative medicine. There was a, in 2017, the health ministry data, um, they did this whole, um, like how, how people are making their money mm-hmm. and 1 million people were registered as being healers or um, medicine makers. It, yeah, pretty I wonder, wild. I wonder how that compares to here. Yes. In the USA. Like, I wonder yeah, it makes me really curious about like percentage wise, population wise, right? Because Russia is a big country, but I don't think it's yes. as populated. Is that true? There's areas that they're like Mo- Moscow. So this this is a Moscow paper. So she didn't necessarily. She said the health ministry. So, so like, I don't. Huh. I I don't know if it's specific to that city or that um, state, the whole country. Yeah, because one million people. I mean, that wouldn't be that many people in Moscow. I mean, it's a lot of people, right? but they have a huge population. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Now I want to know the population of Moscow. Yeah. Well, you could look that up in five seconds, Emily. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Moscow population, if I can spell it right. Oh, wow. Uh, in 2013, 11.98 million. Mm-hmm. In 2022... It looks like it's 12,641,000. That hasn't grown that much. No, but that's, I mean, that's a big city. That is a huge city. Because <laughs> I remember when I lived in London, there were 7 million people. And that was like, ooh, and I think it's bigger now. You know, that was 20 something years that's ago. That's con- Yeah, so yeah. condensed. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so but so a lot of people going towards still today, going towards alternative um folk healing um yeah looking for something you know and still putting their faith in folk healers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so thank you russia thank you <laughs> mic drop yeah that was awesome thanks veronica yeah i appreciate you doing your research and um yeah i love how excited you get about this <laughs> I do. I love learning new things. Yeah, I do too. It's good. It's good. It's nice to have an excuse to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hey, excited everyone. about the next one too. Cause it's, it's yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to tell you what that is, but to be considered, <laughs> we're going to do a little more traveling here. We're going to do a little more journeying together around the globe. Absolutely. Yeah. Any last thoughts? No, not at all. All right. <laughs> Well, everyone, until next week, keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by you can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like 
You'll some comment. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.